This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 657 with Miranda Anderson. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 657. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. As a speaker, teacher, podcast host, and author, Miranda Anderson provides tools and inspiration for women to live a creative, adventurous, and intentional life. Starting out as a lifestyle blogger in 2007, Miranda now offers thousands of weekly listeners of the Live Free Creative podcast something new to think about, feel, and do as they move toward living the life of their dreams. In 2018, she published More Than Enough to chronicle her family's 12-month no-shopping challenge that both shaped their perspective and family culture and informed some of her most popular content on sustainability and intentionality. Since she's hosted online courses, creative retreats, and in-person workshops in her efforts to help those go-getter at heart, women who feel stuck by circumstances live a life more aligned with their dreams and values. I was first made aware of Miranda and her awesome work through a mutual friend, Rachel Nielsen. So shout out, Rachel. I have been so excited to have her on the show. I knew we would have a great conversation and oh, Miranda did not disappoint. So listen in to hear Miranda share her philosophy on quote unquote, just going for it, knowing full well she might fail sometimes. The massive impact of her 12 month no shopping minimalism challenge, which inspired her book more than enough. 
what she learned about herself and how she learned to listen to her intuition by not buying anything new for herself or her family of five for 12 months, how the 12 month challenge evolved and inspired her work today, how she helps moms adopt a sense of adventure as a mindset, and how using adventure as a mindset and a lens can create space for creativity, curiosity, connection, and calm, the difference between perfectionism and striving in how we manage outcomes, and how moms, especially risk-averse moms or perfectionistic moms, as I raise my hand, can practice being more adventurous in low-stakes ways that can have big impact. Oh, I loved this conversation. I cannot wait for you to dig in. Make sure you listen through to the end. Miranda talks at the end about her opportunity for her grown-up summer camp that she offers in July. If you are interested in that, make sure you click through in the links in the show notes and you can get all the information. All of everything's listed at her website, livefreecreative.co. All in the show notes if you go to shamelessmom.com and click on episode 657. But she has some really cool stuff, really fun stuff coming up. And if you have the opportunity to participate in any way, I know it will be well worth your while. So with all that said, please help me in joining Miranda Anderson to the Shameless Mom Academy. Miranda, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here. I am thrilled to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh my gosh. Well, this will be Fun and probably effortless because we've already established that we're both talkers and we already established that we both love podcasting and that we have like all these other things in common. So, I mean, this is going to be a good one. Just a friendly chat. (laughs) Exactly. So I always open every conversation asking my guests to tell us a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now. That is such a great question to open with. One of the things that I'm most excited about right now is my summertime garden. So Mm -hmm. I have a bunch of kids, a bunch of animals. I live in Richmond, Virginia, and a few years ago started gardening. And it's like outside of the bounds of anything else that I necessarily like do. I'd never done it before. And the magic of planting seeds and watching them grow into food that I can like eat has blown my mind. So I love it. Yeah. Just that's like one of my most favorite things, just seeing those things pop up in the garden. Very cool. Yeah. That's the big one. I also am applying for graduate school right now. By the time this airs, I will know whether or not (gasps) I have been accepted. So (laughs) how did this not come up in our like 30 minute (laughs) pre-interview? Check it on social media. I'll either be crying or I'll be delighted dancing. (laughs) What are you applying? What program? So I have just finished uh, my interview for the master's of applied positive psychology at university of Pennsylvania. Oh my under gosh. Martin Seligman, who's like the father of positive psychology. <clears throat> he sort of brought that whole field into being in America. Mm-hmm. And um, the program is a one-year intensive executive program. And I made it through the first round of applicants. I did get an interview. And so I had my interview and I'm just waiting on pins and needles for them to let me know whether or not I will begin school again in September. Oh my gosh. That is so exciting. And what, I mean, no matter the outcome, I just want to acknowledge like the going for it is that's worthy of a lot of like accolades right there. There's just, I mean, I believe wholeheartedly in not taking yourself out of the game before it's even begun by not trying. Like I'm a big believer in just try, give it a try. I don't equate failure to like feeling like I did something wrong. I feel like it's, there's always an opportunity for a lesson, even if it, you know, it'll probably hurt a little bit because I really want to go. If I don't get in, I'll be a little disappointed and I'll just reapply. (laughs) So it's fine. 
I feel like I had another guest on here who went through maybe the same program, but like, is there more than one positive psychology program or is like this? Yeah, this is kind of like the, what is the word for Maine? (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's kind of like the pilot original program in the United States. I think this must be the one my other. Yeah, there's several different ones and there's lots of great positive psychology research happening. Lori Santos in Yale teaches a happy class and it's like one of the highest attended undergraduate classes Mm. ever in the history of the university. There is a positive psychology and spirituality class, a degree being taught out of Columbia that um, has much more of an emphasis on like the spiritual, like meaning side Mm. of things with kind of a little dose of positive psychology, you know, in there, this program at UPenn is really to teach people how to use the research and evidence-based practices surrounding the science of well-being and influence, like infuse those into the work that you're already doing in a myriad fields. So I would use it as a podcaster and a coach and a retreat host to create experiences and curricula that help people feel like they're flourishing more in their everyday lives, which is you know, one of my it. goals anyway. Oh, I'm a nerd for sure. Like this sounds very exciting. I'm the people listening have heard me talk about this before, but like one of my favorite pastimes when I was in my late twenties, mid to late twenties, when I couldn't afford <laughs> to go and buy all the books I wanted to buy at Barnes and Noble, I would just go sit at Barnes and Noble by myself and like read psychology books, <laughs> Love it. psychology books and triathlon books. Like, and I would just be there. And my roommate at the time would be like, you're going to Barnes and Noble again. And I was like, yep. I'm just going to go sit and read all the books that I can't afford to buy. Yeah. It's just my library. I'll just, I'll just use it as my library. It's perfect. No, I'm the same way. I feel like it's what I spend my free time doing and my work time, you know, like I'm just an, I'm going to be a lifelong learner. It's something I've always loved. And so it feels good to try to officially dive back in. I love it. So I want to hear about your, like, aside from applying to grad school, you also are a podcaster, as you've mentioned, and you are an author. And so you have a book called More Than Enough, and it was inspired by a 12-month challenge. Can you tell us about the 12-month challenge? Because as I was reading about this, I was super intrigued. Yeah. So in 2016, I kind of hit this circus moment where we had moved into a new house, a big house that we had designed, moved all of our stuff. I had three kids under the age of six. And I just felt like I was losing control of every aspect of my life. And I had checked all of the boxes. I thought I was supposed to check in order to just feel like absolutely content and joyful and happy, like college degree, check, husband, check, kids, check, house, check, minivan, check, great job. Like I I was climbing the ladder and racing the race and the solution to feeling better as far as I could tell from the messaging I got from culture and society and social media was to add more, to add more stuff, to get better things, to get shinier things, more technology, you know, and I had this aha moment where I just felt like certainly adding more is not working. I'm still unfulfilled. I still feel like I'm chasing my tail for deep satisfaction. I felt happy. I've always been a happy person. I'm an optimistic person. I'm an energetic person. And I felt like this deep sense of longing for fundamental contentment. Mm. And I recognized that I was looking in the wrong places. And I watched a documentary about minimalism. And while most of it I felt was wildly unrelatable, a ton of, this is like when I watch tiny house shows on (laughs) HGTV, I'm like, no, like I'm fascinated, but no, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, okay, rich white guys quitting their tech jobs to live out of a suitcase and like be a digital nomad. That's 
awesome for you. And like, I have this house and a dog and like a toddler and I make dinner every night and I like living in one place. I like decorating a home space. I, and anyway, long story short, the thing that I took from that documentary that I felt was really applicable was the idea to use what you have. Mm. And that thread rang out in my head as like, what would that look like if we just simply paused the acquisition of more and the yearning and striving for more and just settled into what we have? And it was the beginning of the year we were looking, you know, I'm always on the lookout for a great new year's resolution. And I thought, let's try this as an experiment. Yeah. And I don't know why it didn't sound like wildly unattainable or crazy to me at the time. I remember telling my husband like, Hey, what do you think about not buying anything for 12 months? Like what if the year 2020 or 2017 is just our year of using what we have and not acquiring more. And he was like, yeah, I mean, like that sounds weird and also fine to me. Like, you know, a little bit like, yeah, if you don't want to shop, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) He he didn't do a lot of shopping anyway. He'd go to the office and come home, you know? So we embarked on a 12 month non-consumable shopping pause. And it wasn't from a place of financial insecurity or like trying to save money, which it gets confused. Sometimes people say, oh, you did Mm. like a no spend year. And Mm. that's not what it was. Although I can see that there's a lot of virtue and value in people who do a spending pause and yeah. a spend year. Ours was more focused on what using what we had, developing intrinsic values of patience and gratitude and recognizing mm-hmm. abundance. And that's where the idea of, you know, the title for the book, More Than Enough, came from. It was that we already had more than enough. Yeah. We didn't need to keep seeking for more because we already were there. And it was a decision, not an amount. Right. So that's what the experiment looked like 12 months of using up the things that we had. We didn't buy toys or clothes or shoes or tech or furniture or decor items or anything from the dollar spot at Target, which was really difficult Uh, to your point about not buying books. uh, We didn't buy hard copies of books, but we Mm -hmm. used the library a ton and got to know some of those like borrowing resources and reconnect to our community and to our friends. And it was a really incredible pivot in the way we thought about the culture of our family and the way we wanted to relate to our belongings in general. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like 
a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean, it feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. Did you, I'm assuming there were things, there were needs that came up. So like a kid outgrows shoes, you're like those kinds of things. So you were having to constantly discern between like needs versus wants. So we luckily I I put together a little bit of like a guideline upfront of things. You know, I think most of us can kind of think through what do we have coming up? What does it look like? I usually have a pretty good finger on the pulse of what my kid's current situation is as far as clothes and shoes and things like that. We lived in Texas at the time, which was not super seasonal. And so mm-hmm. my kid, I knew that, you know, the clothes my kids were wearing in January would probably fit okay by December, you know, yeah. um, they were young enough. I was buying things a size bigger anyway, you know, right. so what they already had in their closet wasn't like going to shrink. And we decided shoes was a tricky one. We just decided one for one. So when they outgrow a pair of shoes, we'll get the same type of shoes. I mean, okay. not the exact same ones, but you grow out of a pair of sneakers. We'll donate those and get a new pair of sneakers. Okay. Um, we didn't just open the door like, Oh, we need some new stuff. So we're going to go get it. Really shoes was the only one that we had a really specific one for one. And then if something mm. broke, you know, like, yeah, um, I was going to ask like your laptop breaks. <laughs> and that is actually an example. My laptop <laughs> did die uh, oh, a few months in and I use it for work. And so I had to replace it, but I didn't add a new tech. I didn't add you know, we, I didn't go buy like several things. I went and replaced the thing that had broken Got it. and we ended up moving partway through the year. And so, and I talk about this a lot in the book, all of the guidelines, and then also some of the unplanned situations, like how we handled birthdays and holidays and Mm. the idea of giving experiences. And sometimes like just sitting in having what you have be enough 
even if you want something more, like being okay, being uncomfortable. And when my kids would say, I want this, I want that. I started saying, you can have it next year. Remind (laughs) me in January, you can get it next year. And then of course, in January, they didn't remember any of those things. It was such a clear reminder of like all of these like instantaneous, Mm -hmm. you know, make me comfortable by giving me a new thing that discomfort ebbs anyway. And we get over it, you know, how old were your kids at the time? They were seven, five and three. Okay. I'm imagining my nine and a half year old. If I, it, which is interesting because like what he wants now has started to shift. So like, you know, a year ago, he would have been like no Pokemon cards for a year. Now it would probably be digital, like not any new video games or like extensions to video games or whatever the thing, is, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And to tell him like, just wait till January. <laughs> right. It's kind of funny. The thing that's interesting though. And I talk about this experience in one of the chapters of going to Costco, which is like a minefield of if you're not oh, trying gosh. to like add new things to your life, <laughs> yeah, that's like the ultimate <laughs> I'm challenge. like beeline to the salmon. And then like, we're out of here. Right. But- there was like a trampoline hanging from the ceiling and there were like all of the new summer stuff that cut striped towels and all the like Tommy mm. Bahama chairs and all this stuff. Yeah. And as my kids were asking me about things, they were young enough to be really like, mom, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. We should get one of those. Oh, yeah. We should get one of those. Like, you know, and not only do I not, I feel like it's totally okay to tell your kids no. And like, we don't need that or whatever. I took the opportunity to say like, I mean, for myself too, I needed to reaffirm for myself, like, Hey, remember those beach chairs that we have? you know, at home that like one of them looks like Batman. They were all like a little tiny, like we'd had them for several years and, but we already had them, you know, that was the thing. It was like, I was tempted to just like, oh, it'd be so nice if we just had these new beach chairs, but we already had something that served the purpose Mm -hmm. in our garage. And like, here's this new shiny iPad. Oh yeah. You know how we have, you know, how mom has a computer and I let you play ABC mouse on it sometimes. That's so great that we have something already that like the person who uses that. that we have a thing already or just the creativity that necessarily comes into play mm-hmm. when you don't just conveniently satisfy every whim. Yeah. You know, and we all need that as adults and kids, I think just oh, totally. sitting in discomfort a little bit and then saying, what do I have that solves this problem now? Yeah. We get shocked by the amount of resources and abundance that's available to us if we just turn around and open our eyes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But it is like that pause of sitting in it for a minute without just immediately reacting to a need or a desire. Yeah. Can you talk about the, what you learned during that 12 months that inspired your work today? Yeah. It was kind of a, like I said, a big pivot situation where I feel like I recognized maybe for the first time in my whole life, how big of an impact making decisions that directly aligned with my personal values was. Mm a lot of the cognitive dissonance that I would experience when I was like, I know that like retail therapy, for example, isn't real therapy. (laughs) And that I probably will get more benefit, like holistic benefit from going on a walk or calling a friend or visiting a museum. And yet I'm thinking of the shoes I ordered at 6am this morning from (laughs) from Nordstrom.com. Hey, anyway, go ahead. Well, what's interesting is that I think what has been really nice is having just this lens of experience where I can say, I love things that add value to my life. Mm -hmm. I love beautiful, comfortable things. You wouldn't walk in my house. In fact, we had a TV, we were featured on a TV show this last spring and they walked into my house and it was an episode about minimalist families and they walked in and the host said, wow, I'm surprised. I didn't expect your house to look like this. Because, <laughs> they thought it'd be like empty. Yeah, they thought, and I was like, yeah, we're like normal. And we just, 
But the things that you see are things that we have decided we want. Yeah. We have things that we know to be useful or beautiful. That's a quote from someone. I don't remember who right now, but just like that idea of, do you love it? Do you use it? Does it fit your current stage of life? Those questions have been very clear to me. And so as we're making decisions, you know, when I buy a new pair of shoes, I just bought a new pair of shoes, not from Nordstrom.com, from Converse.com for this upcoming spring, summer. And they're these super cute white high top Converse all-stars that are platform. And I have thought about them for several months as I was thinking about what do I want that will fill the whole of that like useful, cool mix and match with all of my spring, summer clothes shoe. And then I recognize that's what I want. And then I bought it and felt so great about it. And I don't, you know, but I don't think about shopping all the time. I did an episode a few weeks ago about how I handle uh, like our clothes shopping as a family now, because Mm -hmm. I think the other thing, the other lesson that I learned was how nice it is to habitualize and systemize, systematize our intentional living choices so that they don't take a lot of cognitive effort. I don't have to question every single thing because I have a few clear boundaries and so it becomes a really easy yes or no. I'm just, I'm just not always like ruminating or like I'm not walking around in confusion about like, is this going to matter? Or what, does this add value right now or not? It's like I give myself space and time for different areas of my life to think about those things. And I also feel like I know myself a lot better when mm-hmm. I turned off the, for a whole year, turned off the, the marketing. Yeah. Everything that was marketed to me, I knew was a no. Like, I don't need that right now. I already have it. I don't need it right now. I feel like my style, my personal like style is more clear. My ideas about the things that I like and don't like is more clear. I just gave myself space to listen to me rather Mm. than listen to all of the other voices out there. Oh my gosh. What a great, like such a valuable lesson. Like the ability to learn to listen better to yourself, what you really like, who you are and like have a stronger sense of intuition around that is such a big deal because we look at just marketing alone, as you mentioned, and how that can pull us out of listening to our own instincts. But then we also look at how women are socialized and how we are constantly pulled out of listening to our own instincts and told that we should be a certain way, this way, that way, more of this, less of that, et cetera, which very much overlaps with marketing. So that listening inward, like what a huge gift. And I also would imagine that when you take out the element of negotiation, then that your ability to quickly and certainly discern after that year is so different because I know that when you are negotiating in your head all the time, and I'll use myself with shoes as an example, I am someone who will like on a Saturday morning as like a treat to myself. I will like shop online, but not buy things, just put things in my cart. And then the mental gymnastics of like, it starts on Saturday morning and then I kind of think about it and I'm shopping on like old Navy. Like I'm, I'm it's not like exorbitant amounts of money, right. but I'm thinking about it, thinking about it. And then I go back on Sunday morning and I'm looking and then I'm like, well, maybe on Wednesday they'll have a 20% off sale, but maybe I should wait by the time this will happen for like three weekends in a row. And it's all for like, can I get the orange sweatshirt for a little bit cheaper? Do I really need it? And now I've spent hours and like, what could I have done? Time and energy. Yes. What could I have done? Emotional (laughs) effort. Absolutely. Over a stupid sweatshirt. (laughs) Yes. Isn't that wild? Yeah. So I can do that. Totally. And I can see taking that element out completely. And then when you bring it back after a year, there's just a discernment process that I would imagine is so much more quick and clear. For sure. I think the most frequently asked question I got as I neared the end of the challenge was what are you going to buy first? Mm. Like you've had this whole year, what's on your list that you've been waiting for. And 
maybe it was an unsatisfying answer to all of those, you know, who were kind of experiencing this challenge along with us as I wrote about it on my blog was that I, I didn't have a list. Like at that point, I realized the passing whim of so many of the things that I would have listed that I didn't, I didn't have anything I actually needed except for maybe a replacement pair of Converse. Cause I had walked all the way through mine to the point that they had holes in them, but then it was fall winter. And I'm like, well, I don't wear them a lot in the fall winter anyway. So, I mean, those had been used up to completion. I couldn't even donate them because there were holes in the bottom. I remember going to Madewell the first time I went clothing shopping in the new year, I went to Madewell, which is one of my favorite shops. And I was like, I normally like love things in here and I feel so cute. And, and I had lived on this very sparse, you know, minimalist wardrobe and worn my things out. And I tried on like 10 or 15 different things. And I walked out with nothing because as I put things on, I could tell immediately, like you're saying, I would like this once, but I'm not going to wear it regularly. Or it doesn't fit well enough that I want to justify it. Like I did, I'm like, I don't want a bunch of random stuff around. I only want things that I really love. And if I don't feel that when I first put it on, there'll be something else that comes along. And I think exercising that muscle of patience too, of knowing there's always going to be something that you want. Mm -hmm. So if you let this one pass by the next time you go in, you will undoubtedly find something that you also enjoy. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't have to satisfy it right now. There will always be something that comes around. Totally. So I want to step back just a little bit to prior to taking on this challenge this is not a challenge that just anyone would take on. I think that it's some, requires someone who has a bit of a sense of adventure and um, ease around trying new things that might be uncomfortable because this was not a little commitment. So can you talk a little bit about your adventure mindset and then talk about moms in general and how moms can adopt an adventure mindset? Yeah. One of the things that I have been maybe naturally good at, or maybe it was just in, you know, kind of developed by, I had kind of a free range childhood where Mm. I'm one of six kids. I'm the third of six and I have two siblings that are much younger. So I was 15 when the youngest was born. Um, And at that point, my oldest brother was in college. So we are like spanning the whole, the whole spectrum. And my parents were loving and engaged and also very much like, yeah, go explore, create, you know? So I feel like I learned to learn things by trying things. I learned to decide whether or not I liked something by giving it a shot. And some of that like turned into this idea that I talked about at the beginning, even of, you know, applying for grad school that I don't feel like a failure when my expectation isn't met. I feel like, oh, what next? Or like, how do we, I mean, that's not all the time. Of course, sometimes I feel disappointed and I feel like, you know, I have hard times just like everyone. I'm human. And there's something really nice to the idea of the asking the question, what would happen or what could happen? Um, The approaching life with an openness and curiosity. The truth is that I think these last couple of years with the pandemic has taught us very poignantly that even our everyday life isn't something that we can control. I think yeah. all at once, all unfortunately, things, yeah, you're right? someone like me who really <laughs> likes to control everything. <laughs> totally. We were all under this veil of illusion that we had so much control yeah. over our day-to-day circumstances mm-hmm. that it turns out we didn't, mm-hmm. we didn't have that control. It was just because things had been happening a certain way for so long that we assumed it. Mm-hmm. And while that's really scary, 
I think we've all now come to the point where we kind of understood that. And what it does for me is open up this idea of like, I didn't ever have control. And so (laughs) anything can be possible anytime. Yeah. The, why I like to think about adventure as a mindset. A, A lot of times when we use the word adventure, we think about outdoor experiences or like climbing Mount Everest or doing something really risky, like skydiving or some sort of like adrenaline inducing Mm -hmm. behavior. While I recognize that that's one definition of adventure, I like to think about adventure as a lens through which we see the experiences and opportunities in front of us. So I see adventure as a lens of creativity, curiosity, connection, and calm. That Mm, so creativity is like, how do we use what we have right now in order to create the experience that we're hoping for? The curiosity is just that acknowledging, I don't know what's going to happen when I take this step or when I go to that park or when I try this Mm. new recipe and that's okay because I'm not here to just satisfy an expectation. I'm here to learn something that like the process is the purpose and the idea of connection. I think we always feel more connected to ourselves and to others through experiencing things especially things. And there's research that backs this up. When we have experiences that are outside of our normal behaviors, that connection intensifies. So when we try something new with someone, whether that's a child or a spouse or a friend, the connection that we can experience and the meaning that comes from that experience is heightened. Mm-hmm. That to me, even just that one simple nugget invites me to create more new experiences with the people to whom I want to be closely connected. I love that so much. And I think we can all think of things that we've done with our family, especially when you have younger kids and you're doing things for the, there's so many things you do when you have kids between the ages of like three to six, where you're doing things that you haven't maybe done since you were three to six years old and you're seeing it through their lens. And all of a sudden you're like, if I would have just done this by myself, it would have been ridiculous, but I'm doing it with my kid. And it's like the most magical thing ever. Fun, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Making slime or like packing a peanut butter and jelly picnic or showing your kids how to do that. Like that ants on a log celery situation. Like even something like that when it's new is incredible. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And that last piece that, well, that I just think is so important is the calm. And this is, yeah. The idea that even when things don't go according to expectation, that we are able to manage our own emotion in a way that doesn't dis like, we don't throw up our hands and say, well, none of this was worth it. You know, we allow mm-hmm. ourselves to stay steady in the, like, I'm learning, I'm growing. It's okay that it's not the way that I expected and, um, allowing ourselves to be grateful and proud of the experiences that we're creating. This also seems like antidote for perfectionism to me. 100%. <laughs> and I didn't have that on my list of things to bring up, but I feel like I need to bring up perfectionism right now because I'm yeah. like, all oh, of this is like permission out of perfectionism. 100%. And you know, it's really interesting. I just was at a speaker forum where a psychologist, a local here to Richmond psychologist was talking about the difference between perfectionism and striving. And I'm a striver. I want things to go well. I like things to be done in a fun, exciting way. I wouldn't say necessarily like perfect way, but the difference between wanting a great outcome and perfectionism is the way we talk to ourselves when it's over. The self-talk. Strivers have positive self-talk regardless of the outcome. 
and perfectionists have negative self-talk regardless of the outcome. So a perfectionist goes into a test and wants an A and gets 99% and tells themselves that they didn't do well enough because it wasn't 100. Or they go into 100 and they get 100 and then they're annoyed because now they're going to have to perform the same way on the next test in order to uphold this identity. So regardless of the outcome, a perfectionist is negative to themselves after. And it's about how other people perceive them. And a striver, regardless of outcome, success or failure or anything in between, has this growth mindset of, I'm going to keep learning and this will benefit me. I, I think it's oh so gosh. interesting. So it makes such a, it's all about the nuance, right? Like that nuance just, it shifts it completely. It totally changes the dynamic and it changes how we frame it, but it also changes the conversation that's in our head and the way that then we make subsequent decisions based Absolutely. on that, how we frame that conversation in our head and, and how we just decide or really determine by choice how to look at an outcome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, I think more than anything, I mean, listening to ourselves, like we talked about a little earlier, like the idea of listening to your Mm -hmm. intuition and listening to your personal desires, especially as moms, like we're told by everyone around us, what we should be doing with our time, energy, and resources. And sometimes that differs from what we really feel like we want or need. Yeah. And then being able to, regardless of the outcome, say we did a good job, we're doing enough that my best today may look like 10% of my total potential capacity. And yet if that's what I have to give, that's enough. Mm -hmm. That's a hard thing to like wrap your mind around. And yet the release and peace that comes with acceptance of our inherent worth is, I mean, just life-changing. Oh, absolutely. This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earnin can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. This episode is supported by Nutrafol. 
Did you know that hair thinning will happen to approximately one in two women? If you're among them, you are not alone. Thinning hair is normal, but it's not openly talked about, so it can feel lonely and frustrating and sometimes even embarrassing when you're going through it yourself. Join the over one million people who are doing something about their thinning hair with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over one million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. Oh my gosh, I am a heavy shedder, so if you are a heavy shedder or if you are someone who's wanting to thicken your hair, I definitely want you to try out Nutrafol. I have loved using it myself and I know multiple other people who've used it and have found great results. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. To get started, you can take their hair quiz on Nutrafol.com, which will give you a personalized health plan based on your special root causes. Nutrafol is committed to helping you identify root causes of any shedding or hair loss so that you can really start to rebuild healthy hair in a way that is customized to you. So take the first steps to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code SHAMELESS. Find out why 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Go to Nutrafol.com. That's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code SHAMELESS. Nutrafol.com, code SHAMELESS. Can you share some actual examples of adventures that mom can add to their lives to get through? Maybe it's to overcome perfectionism because it keeps us so stuck, but to overcome stuck and to sort of overcome even in this like really weird world that we're navigating, which I've been saying this for two years now, but but it just keeps evolving in terms of like the weird phase that we're in now. So this weird phase that we're in where as we're recording this, it's we're entering spring and which so like entering a new season, but then also entering a new phase of the pandemic, which hopefully by the time this goes live is more endemic, (laughs) but who knows? Maybe not. Who knows? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Let's keep all the other waves at bay that are out there on the COVID sea. Yeah. So I like to think about really low stakes Mm. situations, especially for people Mm. who tend to self-identify as perfectionists. What are areas that most people, even who are perfectionistic are not perfectionistic about every area of their lives. So I wouldn't, if you really care about um, your nutrition, for example, or your kid's nutrition, I wouldn't experiment so much in that area to begin. I'd experiment with something that feels low stakes. So here's an example of an adventure you could go on for yourself. Take a walk in your neighborhood without your phone and pay attention to the things that spark interest, curiosity, and joy for you. What is beautiful in the two blocks surrounding your home? What plants are growing nearby? What trim colors or door colors light you up and feel like your favorites? Maybe give yourself the creative practice of like looking at a couple houses and thinking, if that were my house, what would I plant? What would I do differently? How would I arrange this front yard? What porch furniture would I add? Give yourself the chance to just experiment with exploration and creativity when there's no stakes involved. Your example is funny. And I have to interject because a friend of mine, a couple of years ago, I was telling her, we were talking about running and she, I was, we were talking about comparing routes that we run. And I'm like, Oh, like I run the exact same. Like I go out my door. I set a timer. I go to the same corner. I turn around and come home and I've lived in this house for like 13 years. And that's what I've done every single time. Like, and she was like, you never go down like a different street to see like different houses or anything. I was like, no, <laughs> she's like, well, but don't you get bored? I'm like, 
Yeah. But she said, (laughs) she's like, this is my routine. Right. But she was like, well, why wouldn't you go down a different street? And I'm like, well, because I give myself like exactly X amount of minutes. And then like, that might add an extra minute. And then like, I wouldn't have time to shower or whatever. (laughs) And like, she was like, Sarah, you never get to see anything new. I'm like, I know it's fine. Like I'll listen to new music then or whatever. So, so there's that piece of it where like, where you just don't see newer, different things. Then the other thing I, so in listening to that, I was like, okay, maybe I could try to start running some different places. So I have since then, like gone down some other blocks here and there. But the other thing that when I'm out, like walking the dog or running or whatever, is I always had something in my ear. So it was music and podcasts and whatever. And I made myself two summers ago, start taking the dog for a walk without any input. And I was like angry about it the first few times. (laughs) Very uncomfortable. Yes. It was so uncomfortable. And part of it was because I felt like because I am a doer, I felt like, well, I need to be like crossing multiple things off the list at once. So I need to Wasting be like time walking the dog and listening to like some sort of business development thing so that I'm like learning and getting the dog exercise and getting me like it checks all these boxes. So if I'm just like looking at the houses and thinking about the colors that they are, like what purpose does that serve? And it was actually really powerful to do it. And I don't do it. Like I'm kind of off and on now, depending Um, I don't always go with no stimulus, but I do from time to time, make myself drive with no music or podcast or get ready with nothing or take the dog for a walk or whatever. And just to be more aware of like what's going on around me. And I know some people would think that's a ridiculous, like it's ridiculous to classify that as adventure, but if you are a really structured person or like an overdoer person, which I'm not saying that with pride, but like an overdoer (laughs) person who probably needs therapy for it, that is adventurous. (laughs) Yeah. Giving yourself an unstructured open-ended activity where the purpose is exploration. Yeah. That's what I mean by low stakes, that there's not an outcome, like I learned because I listened to this podcast or, you know, I got my five miles in that the outcome is simply the experience. And I think what that does, it brings us into the quality of presence, which then serves us in every other capacity in our lives. It serves us in every relationship we have. It serves us in every unexpected circumstance where presence is the only thing that saves our peace. Mm-hmm. Where when we're spinning in the mindset or the must do's or the to-do list or the checklist, we cannot escape the stress and overwhelm of the circumstance that is out of our control. And when we've developed the capacity for presence in the unknown, in the exploration, not having some specific outcome in mind, but simply allowing ourselves to be, explore and learn as adults and as adult human people we don't necessarily have a system in society set up for this. Like the first 18 to 24 years of our lives, we're set up in systems of learning and progress. Mm -hmm. And then you graduate from high school or college or trade school or however you end your formal education. Some people forget that progress can be ongoing and that Mm -hmm. our capacity for development, for skill development, for understanding, for emotional development, for maturity, for interest development is boundless. It's, we can continue. And I think a lot of moms, especially women and moms, regardless of their life circumstance and stage can get into a place where they feel stuck. They feel Mm -hmm. like I don't really know what I'm doing outside of X, Y, Z roles. And for me, the biggest unsticker is the openness to curiosity, giving yourself unencumbered space to explore something new. That can be a walk around the neighborhood. It can be 
taking a class a few years ago, I took a stained glass class and I'm not a stained glass artist now. I didn't open an Etsy shop. I, you know, like I, <laughs> which is what a lot of people would say like, oh, you're taking that class so that you can X, Y, Z, you can become something. Right. And I just took it because I was interested in stained glass. And, you know, I, I made one piece that I have hanging in my bathroom and like, it's beautiful. And I, I look at it, I think, oh, that was so fun. And I never think I should become a stained glass professional, <laughs> you know? So, but a lot of times That's we stop ourselves example. from exploring things that we're interested in because yeah. there's not some specific outcome where the personal enrichment in our everyday lives can be the outcome in and of itself. Yes, 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 yes. Which I think is so important for high achiever people because we get so, and, and also once you started going down like this path of personal development stuff and high achievers are attracted to personal development work and then personal development work pushes you to like be your best self and do better and like always aim high and set your 12 week goals and your blah, blah, blah. So then like everything seems to have to have a purpose. I love that so much, that permission to not have a purpose and to just let it be something fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Miranda, I, I wish we could talk for like three oh, more no, hours. I, yes. I have to go pick up Vinny from school, but I want you to tell us because which this is like the perfect segue for adventures for mom. So you have, tell us about the podcast for sure. Tell us how you help moms work with moms, but then also tell us about grown up summer camp. Yeah. So out of this space of moms need a place to create and to connect and to reconnect to themselves and to each other and to just spend time outdoors doing fun things. I created this retreat. It's a three-day retreat. Uh, this one, this next summer is coming up in Newcastle, Virginia in July. And it is three days of fun for women. We live in bunkhouses. The food is off the charts. Amazing. We're going to float down the river and do a zip line and learn some incredible crafts. And I have some speakers coming in and there's live music and it is just a space to reconnect to yourself, be in nature, watch the sunrise, you know, have some wellness. We do meditation and yoga and you just kind of refill yourself in a way that can be difficult in everyday life. So that's summer camp. And it's so fun. The first annual summer camp was last year in Idaho, and it was just exceeded every expectation of mine and of the participants. And I'm thrilled to be able to offer it again this coming year. So my podcast is called Live Free Creative, and it is a weekly show about living your life more on purpose. So I talk about things from how to make friends to how to organize your closet to, um, you know, what it looks like to have uh, imposter syndrome and how to kind of work through some of those human emotions that we tend to have. I love giving really specific intentional ideas for application. I like, you know, podcasts that have like overarching ideas. And I also am like, okay, but what about how, like, how do I use this? what do I do? <laughs> right. So I always try to answer those questions for my listeners. And that's a weekly show. It comes out every Thursday. And other than that, I am on Instagram a couple times a week. And that's where, you know, if you're an Instagram person, definitely connect there. And you'll, that's kind of a hub for everything else that's happening. I love it. So much good stuff. Okay. And then you have to tell us final question. In what ways are you currently showing up as a shameless mom? So the first things that came to mind when I saw this question are that I go to bed at eight 30, no questions asked. And I feel so good about it. Love this answer. <laughs> and I have weekly date nights. And oh. sometimes when my kids say, but aren't you going to stay home? We say, we love you so much. We're home with you six nights a week. And this is our night to just be together grad school and investing in myself in that yeah. way, you know, fingers crossed if it's not this year, it'll be next year. That that is something that feels like a huge way to step into my identity as a human person, mm -hmm. um, unrelated to, I mean, of course it all overlaps, but in a lot of ways, unrelated to all of the other roles that I fill. And that feels really special. 
Yeah. Like that identity around going back to school like that, having done all the other things that you've done is like, it seems like such the like cherry on top. Um, Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Feels like that. Miranda, this has been incredible. You have to come back to the show. We have so many other things we need to talk about. I would love to. I know we can talk for days. So I know, I know. I'm so grateful that you took the time today though. I'm super excited to be connected. And I know that this is just the beginning of our connection, but I'm so grateful for the work you're doing. Cause I know this is also going to be the beginning of my audience being connected to you. And I know that that will be really impactful as well. Thank you so much. It's been an honor to be here and to get to know you a little better. And I'm excited for our relationship to continue and flourish. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.